build a highly profitable real estate machine with explosive, exponential growth that works harder for you than you work for it while living a life by design. Breakthroughs are all around you, but you don't see them until now. Join Jason Williford here at The Ultimate Real Estate Machine as he converses with highly respected and world-renowned experts from inside and outside the real estate industry. You'll discover proven business, marketing, and sales strategies that transform you into the most trusted, dominant, and influential expert in your market, the preeminent agent. Each episode brings you one step closer to the highly profitable and fulfilling real estate business that you've been longing for. Here's your host, Jason Williford. Hey, everyone. Got another really special guest on today. Uh, he's the owner and the team leader of the Chad Schwindeman Real Estate Group with Exit Realty. He's won Exit Realty's International Group Top Agent Award. He's received the tri Realathon Award four years in a row. His tagline is indeed correct. No one sells more homes in central Minnesota than Chad Swindeman. Chad is known as one of North America's top real estate agents. He's highly respected within the highest level of producers in the world. Uh, he masterminds, he uh, mentors, brainstorms uh, with the best, the best in the world. Uh, and without further ado, ado, thank you for joining us, Mr. Chad. How you doing? Ah, great, Jason. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Man, it's uh, been a long time since I've seen you in person with all the COVID stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a while, but yeah, we follow each other on social media and, I, and we'll get back to normal here before too long. Hey, what I've seen on your Facebook about the crypto mining. What are you doing with that? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, absolutely. So I've teamed up with some gentlemen. We're doing... Uh, Bitcoin mining, so we're doing the the Antminer S17 Pro, and we're mining crypto. So we got 300 miners up and running, and it's been a lot of fun. And you know, hopefully that Bitcoin price keeps going up and not down. But we're confident long term it's going to be a heck of a good investment. Where what do you think? Where do you think crypto is going to tie into real estate sales? Uh, and uh, Probably not if, but when it does, how soon do you see that becoming more rampant in our business? Well, I think the smart contracts and, and the blockchain is really the technology is going to hit real estate probably in the next, I would say, three to five years. Um, as far as crypto and Bitcoin, I mean, we're, we offer, we build some spec houses. We're willing to take Bitcoin and, and uh, as currency on the spec houses. And you're seeing more of that. And I think you know, really Bitcoin is gold 2.0. I mean, it's digital gold and, you know, you've got the political system that's printing money like it's going out of style and it's a great hedge against inflation. I mean, we've seen real estate values go crazy, you know, in Miami, right? I mean, up 50% in 18 months and that's what we've seen in our market as well. So we're, I'm a big believer in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and I think long-term it's, it's going to be a really fun ride. How long ago did you become a believer in the crypto? Was it immediately or did it take a while for it to catch on for you? Well, true story. So my IT guy at the time uh, called me or he was in my office. He's like, you need to you need to buy this this Bitcoin. I said, well, show me. Show me what it is. Well, it's digital money. I'm like, 
what? I, I want to see the coin. If I'm going to buy a coin, I want to see the coin. He goes, no, no, it's digital money. It's a mathematical equation. You you should put in some money in. And that was when Bitcoin was at $13. True story. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I did end up buying some at $300 and, and uh, bought a lot more at, you know, when it was at $1,500. But um, yeah, it's uh, if I had a do-over, that'd be my one do-over as I should have bought quite a bit at $13. But Wow. Uh, hindsights are always twenty twenty, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's just uh, the operation that you have going there. I mean, it's it's uh, it looks very high level and it's not any of my business what it costs to put something like that up. But I can tell that it was not cheap to have all that done. Uh, so I'm excited for you. It's really cool. Well, anytime you're in Minnesota, I'll give you a tour. It's really it's really impressive and, and they're liquid cool. So the computers are actually under in a liquid so we can get the hash rate up. And, you know, one thing with crypto mining is it, it takes a lot of energy. And a lot of times those machines put off just a ton of heat and you go in our facility and it's, it's 72 degrees. So it's, it's a different concept, but again, we're getting a higher hash rates and it's more efficient. So. It's pretty That's neat. really cool. Yeah. Uh, and I know very little about crypto. We're not going to make the, the interview about just crypto. We're going to get in some really cool uh, marketing things because you are one of the best in the world uh, in the real estate space and marketing. So we're going to dive into some of that. But I have some uh, some good friend of mine that I've uh, I've made in Miami. They're actually from uh, the San Francisco area and uh, 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 Palo Alto, the Silicon Valley or whatnot. Uh, they're venture capitalists and they became friends of mine. And uh, they they bought the the patent to this machine, uh, this windmill uh, machine. So it will end up replacing the traditional windmills that generate energy. And uh, it kills less birds and it's uh, more effective, more efficient. Uh, but somehow they've tied it into the crypto space, too. But the uh, reason why they come here a good bit is Miami's became kind of like the crypto cap- capital of America type thing. Yeah, their mayor has been super progressive and taking some of his salary in Bitcoin. And I'll be down in Miami, actually, the first weekend in April for the big Bitcoin conference. So that, that's a pretty big event. Please meet up with me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, uh, how, how long have you been in the real estate industry? You know, I started in 1999, so a little while. We've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. <laughs> Indeed you have. Uh, how many approximate homes have you sold through the years in approximate volume? Oh, boy, that's a great question. Over, oh, I'd say over 10,000 homes. You know, I, I guess Jeez I have... Louise. I haven't thought about the, the volume necessarily, but... You know, this past year, a we, lot is yeah, a, is a, a fair. <laughs> but I mean, this this year, this past year, and you know, twenty twenty one, we did just eight hundred ninety six families help them, and two nice. hundred sixty seven million. So yeah, it was it was a good year. Wonderful job, heck yeah! Was uh, where did that compare to twenty uh, twenty's numbers? We were we were flat. So what was interesting is. You know, pretty even. The sales were down a touch, but volume was pretty. Our average sale increased, 
Um, you know, just like everywhere in the country, we're having inventory challenges and, and we're mm -hmm. in a pretty small market. So Brainerd's two hours north of Minneapolis and, and we go 60 miles in any, any direction. Our marketplace mm -hmm. is, you know, under a hundred thousand people that we service. So you have to go wide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What does, uh, what does your current real estate machine uh, look like? And that's what the podcast about is, um, it's about the book and it takes a deeper dive into the book. It's about uh, building a machine that works harder and harder for you versus you having to work harder and harder for it. Uh, what does your current machine look like as far as in regards to what you're uh, set up with? Do you have listing agents? I'm sure buyer agents. Yeah. Uh, staff. ISAs, no ISAs, et cetera? Yeah, so we have uh, four listing partners, listing agents that only work on this, with sellers. Uh, we have 12 buyer's agents. Um, we have five admin, uh, three full-time ISAs in-house. And then we have an acquisition specialist that we do a lot of buy it now. So he'll go out and meet with the sellers. Uh, and then a full-time photographer as well. Love it. Hey, what's your take on... And one of uh, the cast members on the TV show, on my TV show that I'm mentoring and hosting, uh, Agents on Fire, uh, one of them asked me the question two days ago. And the question was, is, you know, with an ISA, should I, because they've tried the thing with trying to outsource the ISA, which has never honestly worked for me. Uh, but there's more than one way to skin a cat. Uh, I believe in being in-house and uh, they're actually on staff and they're actually uh, on payroll as well. What's your take on uh, inside sales agents that are uh, outsourced versus having them in-house? Well, I've had the same experiences that you've had where we've outsourced it and you know we got that Minnesota accent. And so sometimes when they're from a different country, it just doesn't resonate. They they yes. pick that up immediately in our marketplace. And the other thing too is just managing the ISAs in house has been really beneficial for us to have those daily meetings and and the powwows and just face to face, belly to belly, and and coaching and role playing all those things. So for us, I've had really good success just keeping it in house. Where I've struggled having it outsourced. That's my experience. Ditto. Uh, what made you decide to build a team to begin with? Well, you know, I just got to the point as the independent agent, I just couldn't keep up. So my best year as an independent agent, I did over 200 deals and about killed me. And I just didn't have the capacity to do any more. And I didn't have a home life. And it was insane. You did 200 deals by yourself? 225. Yeah. Yeah. That is smoking. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it. You oh, did not have a life, did you? No, it was it was seven days a week and it was wake to faint. I mean, it, I have a very supportive wife and at the time, two young kids. And that's just what I had to do to to get where I wanted to go. But we grew Then it just got so big. I'm like, I can't support it myself. So then he started bringing on the buyer's agents. Right. And then, you know, the next thing was a listing partner. And then, you know, obviously admin along the way. And, you know. Love it. Uh, you've done a an amazing job, obviously. Uh, 200 deals independently. That's maybe the most that I've heard of. Yeah, it was. Year. It was an insane year, but yeah. Uh, wonderful. How many agents uh, are in your current market? You know, I would say 600, give or take. Um, so again, we're not in a huge market, but about 600 agents. How, and how many agents do you have on your team approximately? Uh, 16. 
16. Um, you've done a wonderful job, like one of the best that I've seen of top producers in North America uh, in creating specialized, innovative programs that are differentiated for the external client being the home seller and the home buyer. And now that I think of it, you probably have, I'm sure, internalized special programs for your internal clients as well, being your agents and staff. Uh, could you, would you mind telling us about some of that stuff that you do? Yeah. So like for our sellers, we really have four different programs. The first one is the traditional method, which, you know, 90% of our clients use, which we're going to market, get them top dollar. Um, our second program, which has gained a lot of traction is our buy it now. So we'll make a buy it now cash as is offer. The seller gets to pick the closing date. Um, they can leave what they want, take what they want. We're going to buy it as is. So that's been very uh, well received in our marketplace. Uh, the third thing is the guaranteed sale, which is if the home doesn't sell in 99 days, we'll buy it at the agreed upon price. Now, in this market, obviously, things are selling in under a month, right? But for some yes. people in a, in a market that's more even, buyers to sellers, this has been really nice. And, and if it sells for more, so let's say, for example, it's a $300,000 house and our guarantee price, sales price is two sixty. dollars Well, if it sells for two ninety, dollars they, they get to keep the difference. I love uh, that. Yeah. I love that. Is that something that you added to the guaranteed sale program or is that... Uh a part of what you learned, the guaranteed sale to be as. That, that's kind of what we added too. So I love that. Very attractive. So worst case scenario is they, they know in 99 days it's going to sell for this, but best case is if it sells quicker and for more money, they get to keep the difference. So there's-, there's I love that. Yeah. And then the last one we rolled out this year, I also with the Buy It Now started a construction company. So we have nine employees in our construction, <laughs> construction company, but we'll do- um, construction for our clients and we'll do up to $10,000 worth of repairs, then they can take advantage and, and get that profit. Right. And then we get paid at closing. So we just did one in a small town and, and we had about 12 grand into it and they turned around and, and, you know, they had a two and a half, almost three ROI on that. So they made the 20 grand profit and we sold it in, in two days and everybody was happy. So that way they can capitalize on, on the fixing and flipping, so to speak. So I love that. And that's, that's one thing that it took me a while to, to grasp in real estate. Well, it kind of didn't because I came from other industries prior to, but uh, it's easy to get stuck in this industry of just focusing on uh, making income from the sale of real estate versus having multiple revenue pillars, not only revenue pillars, but uh, the right pillars should give your clients a higher level of service that I like to call like a white glove type service, uh, but also uh, there are additional pillars within the business because we go to real estate and who really acquires the client in real estate? 99.9 .9 infinity of the time it's the real estate agent. So, you know, Absolutely. mortgage and title and construction company, remodeling company, alarm, a uh, home. I uh, have a friend in Wyoming that uh, owns her own home warranty company. Uh, uh, she does great at that as well. Uh, what are, uh, is there any suggestions that you have as far as like uh, multiple revenue pillars? 
Yeah, I mean, so we we do all those things, right? So I have a property management company and I'm a partner in that. And he's uh, been in the licensed broker for 20 years, like myself. We've worked for owned a different company. We teamed up and we've uh, managed 425 properties. Um, wow. Have an insurance company, have a title company. Um, we, we try and do a little bit of everything and then just started a storage unit facility. We just built 208 units. I've seen that. I, I love that about you, brother, that uh, uh, it's, uh, you're just a flat-out entrepreneur, period. Absolutely, right? Where'd you, where'd, you, where'd you get a love for that at? Like, where, did, where in life did you acquire that? Yeah, I've always had a passion about building, building things, building businesses, and, and again, diversification. You know, I, I was here in 2008 when everything crashed, and mm-hmm. it was pretty bleak and ugly to be an agent at that time. And I thought, man, I need to... I can't put all my eggs in just the hustle of selling houses. I need to diversify and do some other things. Hard lessons learned. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Indeed. Hey, I wanted to hop into uh, chapter nine of the ultimate real estate machine, the book, uh, huge mistakes that cost huge profits. Uh, Within that chapter, uh, there's 29 marketing mistakes that real estate agents and team leaders uh, can't afford to make. Uh, and I wanted to dive into three of those, two or three of them. Uh, one that I have, uh, marketing mistake number four, uh, not articulating and differentiating your preeminence preemptively, uh, being that uh, you can tell, I could tell by even looking at your website that uh, obviously Chad bleeds preeminence in the marketplace, being that he is uh, the number one uh, most trusted go-to agent in the market in central Minnesota. Uh, But also you preemptively market that you are that. Uh, What's your thoughts on that? And how, how is that a mistake if you are not doing that? Well, I mean, it, it's funny how the business has changed over 20 plus years. And, and for us, again, it's really establishing that relationship with the client, but also understanding the importance of good reputation, good, you know, strong reviews. We talk a lot about reviews and mm-hmm. it's funny. Um, in Social our, proof. Right? Oh, my yeah. Um, what's funny is you can go to Amazon, for example, and, and your mom can, can refer this vacuum. Right. And she'll say, Jason, this is the best vacuum in the world, man. This thing is mind blowing. You got to get one. And you go to Amazon and you see it's got a one star review. You going to buy that vacuum? Of course not. Right. And and your mom referred it. She referred it. She believes in it so much, but it's a one star review. So you're going to call mom back and say, you know, what? it broke the whole deal. Yeah. And so for us, it's understanding that. You know, people now, the consumer is so much more sophisticated than they were, you know, two decades ago, where now they're doing their homework on you before they even reach out to you. And so having a really strong presence on on Zillow and Google and understanding the power of those reviews and and having stories, right, and having those referrals, and it's it's critical. Amen. Yeah. That's one of the things that I have the uh, agents on fire uh, contestants working on, of course, their reviews. I, uh, and not just quality or, yeah, not just quality, but the quantity of reviews. If, uh, Chad Swindeman has, uh, 
500, 800, 1,000 reviews, uh, and I have three, who is someone going to go with? Absolutely. Yeah, that's magnificent. But also the the reviews and testimonials, video testimonials, because I've just always believed in the power of social proof. And one of my favorite books is, uh, and I've mentioned it on several other of these podcast episodes, it's my favorite marketing book. Uh, on human psychology, and it's called Influence uh, by Robert Cialdini, and it talks about the six principles of influence. And then in his uh, next book, Persuasion, uh, he adds another principle, which is called unity. And one of the seven principles uh, is social proof. Uh, The testimonial videos are so powerful uh, because they're the king of content. Once you get the video content, uh, as you know, you can repurpose the content, you know, back into so many different uh, uh, mediums and uh, written and audio and because you captured the video and you got the video. Um, um, But then building that library, because once you have that library, that library can last for a long, long time because quite honestly, the consumer forgets that they heard that one testimonial on radio or seen it on your uh, social media. And you can plug that back in six months later, 12 months later. I know we had like uh, one testimonial where we sold uh, an expired home that had been listed something like three or four separate times. It was on the market for like over a thousand days or so, like 1200 days or so and captured that testimonial where we sold the home in like uh, uh, 70 days. It was a different property. So we had to, we had to be true marketers, not just expect the MLS to uh, sell the home. Uh, but I just love testimonials. Yeah. We do a lot of that testimonials with our radio ads. And of course, you know, third-party endorsements, what we team up with Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank and Sean Hannity and Glenn Beck. And, you know, so having those third-party endorsements have been really strong for us as well. Love it. Uh, well, you you must have been reading my mind because marketing mistake number 10 is not leveraging the power of endorsements, uh, celebrity endorsements. And, uh, you just mentioned, you know, Barbara Corcoran, uh, Sean Hannity, uh, a couple of others, uh, big national celebrity endorsements. I'm sure you have a lot of uh, local uh, personalities that recommend you, too. So that's great. Not you're missing out if you're not leveraging endorsements, but it doesn't have to be the super duper expensive endorsements either. Uh, one of our greatest endorsements uh, was the principal of the local high school uh, where there was 4,200 students there uh, that through the year, through about a three-year time period, uh, she sent us about, what, a little over $4 million worth of business and sent an agent to our team uh, that closed over $13 million worth of business. Yeah. Um, so $17 million worth of business when from one person that's an influencer, I would call that a great endorsement too. So what's, what's your thoughts on, you know, even if you can't do high level celebrity endorsements, what's your thoughts on uh, making that mistake of not utilizing any endorsements whatsoever, even if it's the principal of high school or the mayor of the small city? Absolutely. I mean, doctors, attorneys, 
uh, principals were the same, same scenario, teachers. Um, a lot of those people are influencers at a local level, right? So to have them as raving fans is only going to take your business to the next level for sure. They have trust. Yeah, absolutely. They have trust in the audience that, uh, that they have possibly spent millions and millions and possibly spent their whole working lifetime to build. You bet. Yep. So if we can ride on those coattails and that, that is a great caveat. Yep. Love it, brother. Marketing mistake number 23. And I'm sure you've made this mistake. I've made this mistake and it's stuck doing what works. Hey, it's working really good and I'm getting a return on investment and uh, the ROI on this particular lead source is times three. So it's doing really good and you're just stuck with doing what works and you're not optimizing. Uh, can you go back to a time in your career, uh, whether it be recently or years ago, where you've may- maybe been stuck doing what works in marketing? Yeah, or, or you know, you've always done it. So why change? We've always done it. And, and again, I think for us, it's really getting detailed on where that sale came from. And sometimes it's hard to you know, billboard, how do you, how do you really gauge if a billboard's effective or not? Or Mm -hmm. for that matter, it's not like it's coming in from Zillow or realtor.com and it's, yeah, you can see it. So, you know, it's a force multiplier omnipresence. Absolutely. So it's all about those touches, right? So for us, it's continuing to evolve and, and grow because just because we've always done the newspaper, well, now we've pulled back because it's that medium's kind of starting to die a little bit. So it's maybe doing more online and and uh, just trying to track it. For us, it's giving it the time to see if it works. A lot of times, years years past, I was quick to stop, right? Give it 90 days. And now I've learned I got to give it a 12 months to see if it gains traction. So um, that that comes with School of hard knocks, right? I mean, he makes some bad decisions and he stops something too quickly. Or like you said, it's working. So we're not going to fine tune it at all. We're just going to leave it. Hands off. This has worked. Um, I know you have wasted, as I have wasted, not intentionally, but unintentionally, tons of marketing dollars on ad campaigns or marketing that you thought was going to work and didn't work. Even the best marketers in the world, they'll tell you that they fail over 50% of the time. Uh, But when you hit that, that one campaign that just freaking works, uh, it's just beautiful. It's like, uh, it's, it's like being on a listing appointment and them telling you initially, I'm not doing business today. There's no re- way in the world that I'm signing up with you, Chad. I'm interviewing 50 other agents and uh, you walk out there with a listing agreement uh, when it's over. It's that type feeling when, uh, or better when, uh, when you get that winning campaign. Uh, can you tell me about maybe a story of uh, one of the, the worst, uh, worst campaigns that maybe you tried over the years? Oh, I mean, we, we, this will be fun. We've done a lot of different things. (laughs) And, you know, we did a pretty expensive mailing piece that was a big newspaper newsletter. And man, we gave that 14 months and I, I don't, I think I got one call off of it and it was thousands of dollars a month. And it just kept 
right? It's got to pay. It's got to pay. And it just for us, it just didn't work. And for other people, other markets, it, it certainly could be a home run. But for us, it didn't, didn't work. It's kind of like being a marketing when you love marketing, it can kind of be like a degenerate gambler sometimes Absolutely. where you where you like, Hey, it can work. It can work. And you start chasing and chasing the money. And uh, I've ran down that uh, uh, path one time. It, it actually cost us about $120,000 in four months. Yeah. But it could have, if I'd have made another mistake, uh, luckily uh, I was smart enough to, make these, uh, negotiate these contracts uh, with the advertiser, uh, the advertising source, the medium source uh, to where it was, there was an out within 30 days because they tried to have me in for a year. And if they'd had me for a year, it had been about $350,000 lost. Well, and that's what, I mean, so a lot of us spend a lot of money in marketing. So the first people they call are, are realtors or team leaders, right? Because they know we're entrepreneurs, we're pretty decisive in our decision making. We're not gonna, you know, it's yeah, let's give it a shot. And so I've had that happen too, where they'll bring me the new shiny object. I'm like, yeah, let's try it. And then yeah, you end up spending a hundred grand and cost you, you know. Unfortunately, I called them. They didn't call me on this oh, case. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just love uh, marketing. Uh, it's fun to me. Uh, what would you um, and I have this quick question. Uh, do you feel that it's a bit that lead generation or lead conversion is a bigger problem for real estate agents today? Which one do you think is the harder code to crack? For us, it's all about conversion. Yes, right? sir. Yeah. I don't need another 20 leads. For us, it's really about the conversion and that continues to be a challenge and you know, like we've all seen the stats of, you know, the, the contact, the seven to 12 contact is when you make the sale. And that's where the ISAs come in, just nurturing mm. those leads. And nothing's more disappointing than having a lead that you nurtured for 16 months. And then they list with somebody else or buy a house mm -hmm. from another agency. And that's that that makes my heart hurt. You know, so for us, it's really especially when it's a past client or a current client. Yeah, absolutely. Is that one of the things that your ISA does too, is go back to your database and put that client experience hat on? Oh, yeah. Yep. So with COVID, we, we did stop things, but now we're trying to do a quarterly event. So this past mm -hmm. October, we did Oktoberfest, free beer, brats, had a band, you know. Love it. Had all of our clients had 700. I didn't get the clients. invite for some reason. Well, you come on. I'm up. not one of your clients, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now we've got something coming up at the end of February where we're doing a, a mentalist uh, magician. And so we're inviting all our clients to be at the middle school auditorium and we'll have hopefully six, seven hundred people there and just a free night to enjoy, laugh, see some magic and doing things like that's that. That's just cool. That's just that's just simply giving back to the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. What would you recommend uh, to others uh, that may be right now where you used to be when you first started your real estate team? What's a, a bit of advice you would give them? Well, I, uh, agent told me 20 years ago, he said, if you don't have an assistant, you are the assistant. <laughs> and, and, you know, if you can hire somebody for $15, $20 an hour to help you in your business, your time's worth more than that. Mm. 
The other thing that tends to happen is once you make that commitment and you've got another family depending on you, your your commitment and your work ethic goes up because you know, hey, I got to make sure I'm I'm paying the bills for her or him, the assistant, and so I need to perform. And so I would say that's number one. And then you know you start to grow your team, and so next would probably be a buyer's agent. And a lot of times when we're building our team, it's groups of five, so it's one ISA, one listing partner, three buyer's agents, and that's how we try and grow the team. Um, organically is, is groups of five. And, and so initially you'll probably have a, there's a book about that. I believe that talks about, uh, teams of five. I can't remember the name of it. Interesting. Yeah. So that's what we try and do. And, and really it's, you know, you get a couple of buyers agents and then next would probably be a listing partner and ISA. And that's how you, how you grow it. Mm -hmm. And I imagine now that you are probably not working in your business and probably not own your business, the amount of hours that you worked when you sold 200 homes per year? No. As an independent not, agent? Not at all. So now it's more- Love it, brother. You know, masterminding, working with my office manager, you know, going to different events and conferences and just trying to grow that way. And, and again, just trying to build and, and give back to the agents to make sure that they're hitting their dreams and goals. Yeah. Love it. And I, um, I've been to Tony Robbins business mastery and, and it says it in the book uh, that, you know, we're the top three highest dollar producing activities that a real estate agent can be doing. And this came from Darren Hardy when he was young and he still sold real estate. Uh, he said that uh, listing appointments, number one, negotiating contracts, number two, prospecting, number three. Then, so that's working in the business of real estate, then going to working on the business in real estate. Uh, number one, strategy. Number two, marketing. Number three, innovating. Uh, the top three highest dollar producing activities that you can be doing as an entrepreneur, which is obviously what you are as a team leader. Uh, uh, so it sounds like you're in those, all those three buckets right now. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yep. And you're going not just in on the business, working in the business and on the business. You're also working above the business, uh, being that you're uh, sounds like you have a couple of uh, JVs, uh, joint ventures and uh, mm -hmm. partnerships and you have uh, multiple uh, uh, different types of company that the hub is still the real estate company. Uh, that's working above the business and that's freaking brilliant. Wonderful job. Yeah, uh, what does the future look like for the Chad Swindeman real estate group? You know, we're going to continue to grow and, and expand and, and bring on more agents. I mean, like you said, we, we, our agents average over 50 deals a year and um, Love it. a lot. And so we're, we want to bring on more agents and, and for us, it's a lot about the disc and hiring the right people. We for us, it's not about quantity; it's about quality. So I'm mm. very selective on who we who we bring on, and we want to make sure that they fit the culture, and and more importantly, that they're going to be successful. So we do a lot of disc and interviewing, um, and we're obviously trying to build and, and grow the team and uh, continue to increase our market share. What's the perfect disc look like to you? The perfect. Well, I, I would say, you know, it's it's funny because I have some really good agents that are, you know, sell over 100 deals a year and, and they all have different discs. I mean, one could be a high CD and the other one is a, 
a higher S, right? And so for us, it's that economic drive is probably first and foremost. Um, you know, their D has to be at least above a 30, you know, even higher than that. That's a bare bones minimum for us. Buyer and seller side, buyer and listing side, or uh... well, listing. We're on the listing side. They, their D has to be. We like you know ninety plus yeah. D, right? So yeah. on the buy side, it'd be under you know higher than thirty. Um, economic drive above seventy for us is important. Mm-hmm. And and again, just how are they interact during the interview process? How are they going to fit on the team? Because we all know one bad apple can spoil the whole batch. Mm-hmm. And for us, it's really having that that good matching culture. your core values. Absolutely. Critical. Love it. Well, hey, uh, I sure do appreciate your time. This is going to be a magnificent episode. I can't uh, wait for uh, the listeners to hear it. Uh, For agents listening uh, that may have referrals uh, for folks looking to move to uh, to your area in central Minnesota, uh, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, they can chat Schwinneman.com or call me direct 218-831-HOME. 218-831-4663 or chadschwinneman.com and can check out our different programs on that site as well so you can see what we're offering and can steal like i said it's uh r and d it's not research uh, it's rip off and duplicate so they can look at (laughs) uh, i can't not research and development it's rip off and duplicate there you go so they can look at modeling modeling is maybe a better yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) Hey, brother, I really appreciate you, and I know you'll have a wonderful 2022. That's it for this episode of The Ultimate Real Estate Machine. May your real estate machine be extremely rewarding, fulfilling, and life-changing for you and all the people that you impact. Claim those skyrocketing results that you demand from your real estate business. Subscribe to the show for more content like this at ultimaterealestatemachinethepodcast.com. And don't forget to leave a positive rating. Thank you for joining us. See you on the next episode.